Welcome back to the show. It's Liquid Lunch. It's me, Hugh, and uh, Jen Frankel is my co-host, and our guest now is Jackie Derbecker, and uh, it's been five years, Jackie, I guess. Yes, it has. And, um, and we're here to talk about these amazing books. Um, one is called uh, Dismantling the Structure of the Ego. I know we took a shot of that, but there it is. Um, that's a fascinating topic all in itself, and this one here movement of stillness as revealed in the new Mayan calendar. Hmm. So there's a new one because the old one expired in 2012, right? Yes, that's correct. That was a long shelf life, though. As far as shelf lives go, was it 30... I'm not even years? sure. I'm not even sure, but it, it Multiple finished. Multiple Yes, yes, but it finished. So I think I was on the show. The last time I was on the show, I was channeling the movement of stillness book. So I hadn't completed it as yet. So that particular book is channeled. Now, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, what is channeling? So, (laughs) I mean, because I'm just thinking, we just had the music guys on, right? Yes. And sometimes it seems to me that any artist almost, when they've completed a work, I know I feel this way myself. It's like, I didn't do that. It's like, I don't know where that came from, but there it is, right? It almost feels like it. It channels through you. So it's, it's much like any artist, even in speaking, it can just move right through you. So it was yeah. the same process. So whether it's a paintbrush, singing or playing the keyboard, yeah. public speaking, people mm-hmm. who don't have um, notes, they're channeling something. Or mm-hmm. they're just, it's a freeing and allowing yourself for that information to move through you. So it's the same process as the books. When you channel when you're writing, though, I guess you're going into it consciously knowing that that's going to be the process. Yeah, and what's interesting is that if you put your own thoughts in the movement of the words, then it will either stop, for me anyway, for me it either stopped or it would repeat itself. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Which is so really if you try to take control, you're yeah. out of luck. If I try to take, I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher through the day, so for me, language is really important in written word. So for me to stop that process of I should have this word, not this word, it would stop the process. So it's just being free and open, much like an artist. It's the same form of process. Very the same, the same thing. Mm-hmm. So both of the books are from, you could call it a free movement of feelings and words moving through me. So there's no entity that has a name or a planet that they well, come from? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is, actually. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I know, I know. And like what? you said that very <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> what kind of space was it? It's a um, bonus because it's like getting an extra guest. Well, <laughs> what it is, because it freaks people out, right? So when I say as a psychic, yeah. and even that is a loaded word for a lot of people. Right. But it, it, because it's, it's um, something that a lot of people don't understand. It's a bit odd, a bit unusual, and it is. So when I say I channeled the information, the first book came from Edgar Cayce. Who himself was a channeler. Yes. Yes. So. I think we're going down a rabbit hole here. Okay, get ready. (laughs) No, it's exciting. Okay, okay, get ready. So um, I do medium work as well. So in order to... um, write this first book, Movement of Stillness, I tapped into Edgar Casey's energy so I could see him and feel him and recognize his words. I know that sounds... Wait, I thought he got odd. reincarnated as David Wilcock. Oh, maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe okay. so. Yeah, I don't know about that. All right. So I tapped into his energy and I literally heard him and felt his energy provide me the information for the book. 
Yeah. And when you're um, when you're challenge channeling and writing, are you actually conscious of what you're doing? I am. I so am. you have to actually keep out of your own way, I guess. Okay. How to, that's a really good question. How to explain that? I'm consciously aware, but I'm not consciously aware all at the same time. If I work, so okay. in in other words, after it's done, after I do my writing and I read it, that's the first time that I'll be reading it. Right. But I know I'm writing it. Okay, but I don't know what I'm writing because if I know what I'm writing, then I want to correct it and rejig the language. So I have to be there using discernment, but not all at the same time. Does that make sense? It's, yeah, it's kind of fascinating because I know that um, Edgar Casey did all of his all of his uh, channeling when he was not consciously aware of what he was doing. Right? He actually mm-hmm. went to sleep and spoke. Well, he was known as the sleeping prophet. Right. He, he was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me ask you, because this book uh, says channel prophecies from Edgar Casey. What are some of the prophecies that are in the book? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and are any of them about Hugh personally? About me per- No, about Hugh. She asked it, Every I did. Every single <laughs> one. I know you wanted to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Dedicated to Hugh. <laughs> Listen up. <laughs> so the title of it, Movement of Stillness, all of the prophecies, I can go into some specific ones, all of the prophecies are, are pinpointing towards a movement of going back to our original self. As oh, individuals, you mean? Yeah, as individuals. So being kind, being loving, going back to our original self. So when we were born, we were born as love. And then we start to be programmed and conditioned by our parents, by schooling, by social media, by government, by all other components and pieces, and we start to believe something different. So what all the prophecies they're hooking into, we're going back to natural, we're going back to taking care of ourselves, where all of us are feeling, or maybe not all of us, well, all of us are feeling a nudge to go in a direction of what do we really want to do? Who are we? What do we really want to become? So that nudge is this movement that's coming forward. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if it does it Does it to you. Does it make sense to it, you? In a way, except uh, it only makes me want to ask about those elongated skulls they found in South America. Yeah. The non-human skulls with the large skeletons. I've, I've oh. seen stuff about that. Right? I don't know. Yeah. What is that? Well, they f- that's what I want to ask you about. <laughs> I don't know. <like> <laughs> I'll, I'll do some Googling before the next show, and I'll get back to you on that. So what did they find? They found They found uh, that near, um, uh, that, uh, uh, near the sh- shores of uh, Lake Titicaca. I love saying that word. Yeah. Um, they have ancient stone, <laughs> um, stoneworks there. Like ancient, ancient, super Mm-hmm. They don't know how, even how they were made. They like look machines. Ruins? Are they ruins? ruins. There's ruins there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've also found skulls there with these elongated. Wow. Um, uh, like the Cranium. skulls are much larger wow. than, than human skulls. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. structure of them is different. Mm-hmm. And they have very large, um, like, whatever, jaws. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. and, and they found the skeletons are like, you know, two and a half meters. Uh, Hall, right mm-hmm. so i know it's just weird right it and is they, weird and they found it other weird. weird artifacts down there like a, an ancient uh obsidian pyramid oh wow with uh an eye on top just like on the u.s <laughs> mm-hmm. dollar bill right mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. just a lot of you know just more of the mysteries that i don't think anybody really knows 
Yeah. And that's part of mystery that sometimes we may never know. Right. We, it it's, may yeah. always be that it's it's like a matrix. So mm -hmm. the mystery is within inside the matrix of whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Right. I'd be interested in knowing uh, their their conclusion or calculation is what that is. That's fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. It's I fascinating. Mean, it is. It's um it, it's kind of interesting yeah. though thinking about how we're actually doing a lot of underwater archaeology now too, mm -hmm. like looking at places that were. Um, that were above water during the last ice age. Mm -hmm. So in the same way that we're looking into history, you're actually looking into personal history. Mm -hmm. We're going back and looking at things that are that we've covered up with, with the things that have happened later. Um, mm -hmm. I remember hearing a story from a friend that um, his daughter had... Um, his daughter had really struggled all her life with who she was and, and what she wanted to do. And it wasn't until she actually went back to her first love, which was, uh, which was horses. She'd loved horses mm -hmm. when she was a kid. And now she's... Um, She's actually breeds horses and, and has a ranch, and oh. it was it was like she had to return to who she was meant to be, and she knew that when she was young, mm -hmm. but she she'd forgotten. It had gotten covered up with all the expectations. Is yeah. that the kind of thing you're talking that, well, about? Well, that's what the dismantling the structure of the ego is all about. Everything gets covered up with expectations, conditioning. Right. Um, I like to I like to call it in this book illusion covered up by illusion. So who are you once you start to peel off those layers and discover who you really are? What do you really want to do? Is it realistic to make steps forward in that direction? Or are you so caught up in that that right. you can't move out? And so the work that I do is I help people come out of that. It might be connected to a past life. It might be connected to some tough things that happened in the family. So, right. what is ego? So, in the book, I talk about it as illusion. It's the ego illusion. is illusion. It is an illusion. I think so. Um, there's a poem, the Cherokee poem, where the grandfather is talking to grandson and saying that there are two parts. You can feed the, the ego, the suffering, the pain, or you can feed the joy, the love, and the divinity of who you are. It's who you feed, that which manifests. So, the more that we create ego... The more that we feed ego, the more we're going to manifest, and therefore we get polarities, we get conflict, we get struggle, and that's war. Hmm. So right. when are we going to say enough already with our own selves and step into who we really are, which is just simply, you know, you, could, you can use the word love. That, that's always a heavy, you know, granola flip-flop word, right? <laughs> love. You could say peace, who I really am, the I am, who am I? We're talking, it's funny, we're talking about mindfulness, actually, oh. in terms of being an artist in the, in the interview that we just did. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really curious about the idea, though, that, um, that we have to deal with all the things that we've... Well, I had a friend who... who um, I've got, sorry, I just keep mentioning all these friends of mine. I haven't brought them on the show or anything. But the... the friends, that's good. Yeah, just... Yeah. So the the idea that um, that you know, if you believe in past lives, a lot of us struggle with the, those issues yes. through maybe the first thirty or forty years of our lives. We're still working on the or maybe the whole the life. Yeah. Or maybe lifetimes. Yeah. Sometimes we're still struggling with the crap from the previous lives. Yeah. But it seems to me that what's happening in the world is a breakdown of this reliance on the externals. We we seem to be. I'm not sure if we're if we're less superficial, but I, I think we're actually intensely superficial. But we seem to be recognizing that and fighting against it in a way that uh, I don't think previous generations have. Exactly, that's what the movement of stillness is all about. That's that's what's going on. It's the nudging of going into who are you really? What's really going on? Right. 
it's it's really really important to watch the children I teach kindergarten through the day and the little children before the age of five they're still so close to spirit and the conditions of, right. of family and ego but no one's so taught them to be racist no one's taught them to be sexist exactly not yet not yet about the age of seven it starts to kick in but they're so pure they're just the natural child and so they will say and be who they really are mm -hmm. so I always feel that they're the teachers they don't have the conditioning or the triggers Right. Right. So if a child is told uh, they have an ugly smile, then they will start to believe it and they'll start to not smile on their pictures. Then they'll start to create it into more, I'm an ugly person. Right. And then they start to create more and more and more of that ego-based conditioning, which is all not real. So we're actually furthering other people's problems. Because if somebody yeah. tells a child they've got an ugly smile, that's, that person's a jerk. Yeah. And there's probably something going on there. Yeah. Yeah. So you just sure. see things transmitted from generation to generation yeah then. and now it's time to stop it that sounds it's good being aware of it it's being aware of what's going on of your own self inside of your own self like stopping the cycle of poisoned egos oh i like that i i'm just I like I'm, that I'm, I'm all about coining phrases on this show that is <laughs> i love that i love that because it's it's a poison it's insanity and then you wake up and you start to realize that everything that i was taught and that i was believing is actually not real right it was a lie do you remember that poster, um, Everything I or the, the, the book, I guess, the Everything I Learned, Everything I, I Needed to Know I Learned in, in Kindergarten? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that's exactly what we need to get back mm -hmm, to. Mm -hmm. Oh, I totally Share. agree. Absolutely. absolutely. And I look at the word ego. I mean, this has been coined by somebody else, but E-G-O, so edging grace out or edging God out, whatever you want to call that edging that out and once we start to realize who are we really and releasing those pieces that are no longer who we really are that we've been conditioned to believe if you think of it as a deprogramming and reprogramming right sounds like a lot of work i know i knew you'd say that is, you did because you're a psychic is, right oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's it not does. how it works i mean i've never met a psychic who won the lottery for example <laughs> But You're hanging out with the wrong psychics. <laughs> oh my gosh, the psychics that won the lottery won't take my phone calls. That's the problem. <laughs> but it does. It sounds overwhelming. It does sound overwhelming, but it's one step at a time. So that's why we have... Oh, there's more yoga. There's more meditation. More people are talking like this. There's more art. There's more creativity. It's starting... That's the movement. Right. It's starting to happen. It's starting to happen. Let me ask you about this, because you've got some uh, points on the cover of dismantling the structure of the ego one of them is recognizing there is no longer a now moment oh yeah now i thought that was the whole thing that there only is yes. the now moment uh-huh okay so, so what does that mean uh, okay yeah so in um this is how thick ego is this is how big how huge ego has been created so now we have to be taught the teachings of the now moment. So now we have to be present, be here, be now, so we can feel who we really are, our peace, our joy, our stillness. One now moment at a time. That's how thick ego is. So once you start taking off those old programmed ideas and you start to release ego-based concepts and beliefs, then there is no now moment because you're living every now moment without knowing the now moment because you are already clean and with inside of that. Does that make sense? So they could, okay. So they could, <laughs> <laughs> I'm short circuiting you. <laughs> I can see that. So the teaching of the now moment 
needed to happen in order for us to come to stillness. That's how thick the ego Do you know what it's like? Does it, that make sense? Are you, do you still? Know what, okay, did you drive a car, Hugh? I have driven a car. I, I think it's almost like you've been driving along in reverse or drive, like doing oh. donuts or something. But in order to go forward in, in the right direction, you have to actually come to a complete stop first. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. Because you otherwise can... you'll strip the gears. <laughs> oh no! Did I blow? Okay, I'm not allowed to blow Hugh's mind. That's I don't want to do that. I even have to do some donuts and see if I can figure out what you're talking about. <laughs> so, I'm not saying I spent a lot of time doing donuts, and that's why I no longer have a car. Because that it, that sounds oh, exciting, but that's not the reason. No, at all. It's, I live in Toronto. That's why I don't have a car. Well, yeah. yeah. If you look at it from meditation, <laughs> yoga, you slow right down. When you slow right down to that now moment, how do you feel? usually really good so the feeling of that good is who you really are it's much like if you go into the forest the forest uh, it's transparent and love it doesn't have ego so most people who go to a forest you you feel your own energy in the forest because there's no ego so often when you go to a garden or you need water there's nothing going on there with respect to ego because you're connecting to your true transparent self of love so once that starts to dissolve, then you start to feel more at ease and you don't have to go into studying a now moment because you're already living it. Thus the title movement of stillness or a walking meditation, walking prayer, walking in, in my fantasy idealistic place. I would love to see the world at some point not need meditation classes, Right. Not need those types of forms because we're already there. No, mm -hmm. that maybe mm -hmm. one day that will happen. I think it will, but we probably won't be around at that point. Does and that make I, sense? I think that that's something that that scares a lot of people away mm -hmm. from you know thinking about things as a new age movement or mm -hmm. something like that. People people hear that they they've got to do this to achieve this, and immediately what most people hear, I think, is. Someone's trying to sell me something. Someone's trying to get money so that they can mm -hmm. teach me how to do something. Mm -hmm. uh, and the there's a suspicion, I think, among people who who don't want to try things. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm I got to say I'm not a I'm not a good follower. I don't like doing mm -hmm. programs or mm -hmm. classes or mm -hmm. um, so I've struggled with trying to do something like yoga because I don't want to be in a yoga class. I don't want to be with a whole mm -hmm. bunch of other people. So I've done things where I've learned things from books and mm -hmm. find found other methods to get there mm -hmm. and I, I think that's a, I think that's a big deal that there's a lot of people who aren't willing or able to come to yeah. this kind of stillness through the methods that are being presented as well exactly I, it just feels like you will be presented with that if you're open for that even just being kind just being kind to yourself to start with that but what's really interesting is that we are born as happiness and now we have to go and buy a book on the shelf, <laughs> How to Be Happy. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. You can go and on retreats, weekend retreats, you can go on cruises, you can go to workshops, How to Be Happy. I, I just find it fascinating. When that's how we were born, we just have to somehow find those conditions of what we were believing, which is not true. It's mm. fascinating. Well, it goes Are you happy, Hugh? Am I happy? Are you happy? Are you happy? Not as happy as I'd like to be. Mm. No, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. I think that's a good answer. That's kind of the way I feel about it too. 
And when I when I am happy, I'd like to I'd like to find a way to sustain that. For I sure. mean, this goes to the whole idea of like, what is the, you know, what's the meaning of life? Really, mm-hmm. what is? Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure there's an answer yeah. to that question. Maybe it's just a feeling. Maybe it's just. And is it is it to be feeling. happy, or is there something higher that we are, you know, gaining through the you know the struggle and the suffering mm. and mm. that are probably inevitable? I don't know if we can, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, heaven is something that we're gonna experience mm-hmm. on a ongoing basis in this human life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess the question is, how does a happy person deal with tragedy or or challenges compared to how an unhappy person does? And if the happy person is better suited to actually meet challenges, Mm -hmm. deal with an accident, deal with death, deal with other Mm -hmm. tragedy, deal with pressure, Mm -hmm. I guess that's the question. Is, is Is a happy person somebody who's actually stripped away the ego? Are you more able to deal with things as they arise in the in the mm-hmm. in life and now yeah and it depends what you mean by happy what does happy mean right is it peace is it stillness or is it or is that just another one of those loaded words <laughs> like chemically induced happiness yeah or, exactly yeah. and what makes you what is it what is that feeling anyway well i don't know the answer jackie well i'm looking at you, you should <laughs> <laughs> if i read these books might i have a better idea yes <laughs> <laughs> and where can people get these books? Uh, online at Chapters, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, and Balboa, which is a sister company to Hay House, and or me, or you. As well. And what's your website? My website is www. Of course, Jackie Consults, J A C Q U I, and Consults, C O N S U L T S. Dot. Dot com. Dot com. And and besides the books. Um, what is the other work that you're doing? Like if people call, uh, you know, hire you to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And what, so, yeah. okay. So I do public speaking. I do motivational speaking. I teach meditation. I teach psychic development. I do remotes over the phone. I've done book launches. I do psychic readings. I do mediumship. I do past lives as well. Mm-hmm. Great. And you're based in Barrie. I am based in Barrie. I have a Toronto office. Yeah. Uh, just near the Pape subway station. I have a Peterborough office and soon to be a Niagara and the Lake office. That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been great to have you on the show today. Thank and you. Uh, I understand you may be starting your own show at some point in the future. Yes, I will. So we will uh, keep everybody informed about all that. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in Thank today. You. Thank you. So Liquid Lunch is going to continue. Um, we've got Christopher Oliphant coming up next and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, relationships and then we're going to have some more music so it's going to be awesome so we'll, we'll see you on the, on the other side here on thatchannel.com
to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.